Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry here on KOPN. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. And each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And today, my guest is Greg Butler from Jefferson City, Missouri. I believe we might have met back in the classroom. Is that possible, Greg Butler? That is correct, Mr. Dalton. <laughs> Going to Lincoln in uh, 2009, I believe, is when we met. So uh, it's been, been quite a while. Yes. Yeah. You stayed in Jeff City. Were you from Jeff City to start with? No, no. I'm actually from Chicago, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. What, what part of Chicago? Uh, so I grew up on the south side of Chicago, the Inglewood area. Spent a lot of time learning about Chicago life, being in, you know, surviving Chicago. Beautiful city, though. I mean, beautiful place, so much to do, good food. You know, nothing bad to say about Chicago. It's, it's, it's a really, really cultured place, I would say. Um, so much to do, so many people to meet. One of the, the best experiences I've had in my life being living in Chicago. I'm proud to be a Chicagoan. Yeah. All right. Now I'm a Jeff City, Jeffersonian, but now. We won't go into that day in class that uh, I said, Chirac. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Now you have a, a number of projects that you've been involved in since I knew you at school. And uh, I know one of those was running for city council. So uh, how did that go? You know what, Dr. Dalton, it was, it was a, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, and I'll go back to, to kind of what led me to that. Uh, so growing up in Chicago, you know, you, you, we, we deal with a lot of politics. We deal with a lot of different things in Chicago that revolved around legislation and stuff like that. But I never got involved like I am now. You know, it was more of, we, we, I looked at politics or politicians and politics in a negative way growing up kind of what most people, you know, that grew up in the urban community have a, a viewpoint of or perspective of politics. But as I grew older and, and got into my 20s, I started to open my eyes a little bit more to my surroundings, which led me to a lot of different experiences, which led me to want to take advantage of opportunities because of the opportunities I saw and, and the reception I was getting. So the first thing I, I ever did in politics in my life was when um, President Obama was running for his first election in 2008, or uh, it was like 2006, 2008. But when he was running for his first election, when he was a senator, I had the opportunity to work at his headquarters downtown Chicago. It was through an organization or a friend of mine that was a pastor of a church. They were looking for volunteers to get involved in his, his um, organization or his, his campaign. And so I, I had so much experience, met so many people, uh, it was just a great experience for me overall. That's what led me to get into understanding a little bit more about politics. So in, uh, fast forwarding up until 2020, that's when I ran for the city council election. Now, I've, I've been an entrepreneur. I've done a lot of different things in my life. I've been a missionary, I've been in Africa. Done. Anyway, uh, in 2020, you know, it was just more of I wanted to, to kind of make a more of an impact in the community. I wanted to give back in some way because, you know, growing up in Chicago, we were privileged to a lot of different opportunities. And, you know, I've worked my way up to the position that I'm in now to be able to like 
to, to see things, to be exposed to things. And so when I ran for uh, election in 2020, it was the first time I ever ran for anything in my life as far as in regards to that. And it was because I was compelled to do it. It was things that I was seeing in the community, the, the lack of awareness, the lack of participation, you know, from market, you know, community, uh, from, from a majority standpoint. And it was like, wow, you know, so much to do, so much information that I'm receiving, so many relationships that I'm building. There's a gap. And how do you bridge that gap? And so that's I was like, well, this could be an opportunity for me to 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 want to make a change in the city and my community and help bring an innovative ideas and, and build relationships. So that's what kind of led me to running for city council. The whole process was different because I never ran a, a, a campaign like that myself. And so I was doing a lot of things myself with my, one of my partners, uh, John. He was my campaign manager. So we, we were learning on the fly, which is he's a former Lincoln student. But anyway, it was just it was a, a great experience because I've, I've never been on TV like that. You know, I, I, going through, you know, having interviews in the newspaper, so on and so forth. It was all new to me. So I had to learn on the fly and you had to pick up real quick. You had to understand the city issues and how to, you know, attack those issues or whatever it may be. It, it just blew my mind. It was it was tiring. But one thing I, I enjoyed most about it was the conversations, was me going door to door to, to the uh, constituents' houses and having a conversation with them, understanding their point of view, their perspectives, what they want to see, how I can help, you know, because that's how people in Jeff City, you know, that, that's how they communicate. They want to see you face to face. Though I knocked on probably about 700 doors, I can't take back those conversations I've had with people that I've met. So it was, again, just... That whole experience was was new to me, but it was gratifying. It was it was a real good experience overall running for city council. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned something in that wonderful response about being a missionary and going to Africa. I, I knew nothing about that. You know, I actually went to Africa, to Zambia, uh, actually. Uh, I traveled all over Zambia during my college years. So I took about three months um, after... The, the, the fall semester to travel to Africa. How that happened was it's because I'm involved in church and, and the faith community, you know, overall. But I, I had some really good friends that I, I met in Chicago. And one of my friends, his name was John as well. He was doing some work in Zambia and he, he was traveling back and forth as an evangelist to Zambia. And he was kind of doing everything on his own. And so he asked me if I wanted to help, if, if you know, I had any interest in traveling to Africa and seeing the motherland and, and actually helping mission wise. I was like, yeah, you know what? That, that sounds like a good idea. So what I did was I actually had a car, Monte Carlo, and I sold it. <laughs> I sold my car to, to raise the money to travel to Africa. And, and I, I got donations from churches and, and, and friends and things like that. But I wanted to make sure I was prepared to go financially, uh, that I take care of my finances here and there. So going to Africa, uh, I went in 2011, um, I spent three months there and I tell you, Doc, it was probably the most, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. It was, I felt so free ever in my life in Africa. And it was just, it, it was because of, I guess it was just the environment. It was the culture. It was a very family oriented culture. Everybody wanted to know you. They wanted to talk to you. It was like that for me in Africa. And the time that I was there, I got a chance to meet the president. 
his family, his brothers and his, his uh, brother's wife, they kind of held us up there for a couple of weeks, you know, to take care of us. But we did a lot of missions. We traveled all through Livingston. I got to see Victoria Falls, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. Um, we built the medical clinic. We built a, a couple of orphanages, uh, houses to house the, the teachers and things like that. So it was something that I hold to myself, my heart dearly, just being in Africa, being with those kids, those orphans, seeing how happy they were for us to be there and help them. It was just an experience, again, that I, I cherish to this day. And, and I still have ties in Africa. I still, you know, communicate with them there, but it was more of just going down and helping those orphans, helping the people in that community learn about business structure, you know, just providing for them. And that's what it was. And, and I made lifelong friends there that, that, you know, like I said, I still hold dear to my heart to this day. Did I hear you use the name Donna Ray Seville? You know what? I, I know Donna Ray. I actually just met Donna Ray like maybe a few months ago. Oh, really? And uh, he went to Zambia. Yeah. And so... Yeah. So he told me about it and we shared we shared some experience because he's a Peace Corps. Right. So, yeah, I know him and, and we kind of vibe to that it was like, man, you know, Zambia is a, a beautiful place. And he told me about the work he was doing there, too. But it's, it's, it's funny. Small world. You know, you just never know. Well, you know, he's so. been on this show twice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> he, he's definitely a good dude. Definitely yeah. a good dude. And yeah. from Chicago. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Small world. Small world indeed. So you graduated in marketing or what was your uh, major? My major was marketing. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was it was marketing and business administration. And uh, Professor Logan was my uh, my advisor. Right. Jim Logan. Yeah. You now have a business called Butler Marketing Group. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Butler Marketing, how I, I got into marketing was when I traveled back from Africa. I, uh, I, I ran into a, a friend of mine, which was a mentor, and he was in marketing as well. He, he was a, a guru, a marketing guru. And so connecting with him, his name was Nick. He was actually, he's from Chicago, but he lived in Jeff City. He kind of really kept, gave me some uh, insight about how marketing works as a whole. Other than Professor Logan, he helped me train the tra- trajectory of my marketing career and gave me insight in, in how to actually operate. And so what I started off doing was direct mail marketing start selling informational products through the mail, which did really well. And then over time, I started to get into to online marketing, digital marketing and things like that. And so I, you know, I learned how to build uh, websites, to do coding, to, to you know, to, to, co- to content copy, pretty much anything that is in marketing, I've learned how to do. I'm still learning because you can never stop learning uh, marketing, but I, I, I gained a passion from just from seeing Professor Logan. But then again, meeting other gurus in, the, in that industry helped me kind of cultivate that, that gift. Because marketing is, is pretty much, for you can do marketing for everything. So that's how I got into marketing. And I just decided to start my own business and carry that up until now. If you look at my campaign for my uh, city council, all the marketing that was done was by me. <laughs> so it was like, it was easy, you know? And so uh, I knew how to, how to utilize that skill uh, to, to be effective in, in, in that space. You didn't win your city council election, but you became a part of planning and zoning? Yes. So how that came about was, because when I ran for city council, it kind of popped out of nowhere. 
And so over time, as I started to, to campaign and, and, and start to meeting people and uh, getting a feel, because people really want to know who you are to, to, to vote for you. And so I ran against Mike Lester and Aaron Mealy, which uh, Mike, you know, was the current city councilman. Great guy, uh, Aaron Mealy as well. So I ran against those guys, which have more of a representation in Jeff City. Uh, so I, I ran against uh, some, some quali qualified candidates. But how, you know, though I didn't win, I still wanted to be involved. And so, you know, the relationships I built with other city council members and uh, Mayor Turgeon and just other individuals, commissioners or whatnot, they kind of helped me understand, like, you know, we need you, honestly. We want to want you to be a part of the city and make decisions based off of your your experience and, and, and your your views, your perspective. We, we can utilize that. So. You know, it was recommended to me to join one of the committees. And so planning and zoning was the one that I chose that I thought was a good fit because it deals with economic development. It deals with the vision of the city. So that's how I got on there. Um, I filled out my application and, and um, you know, I was appointed by the by Mayor Turgeon, which, which made a, a really big impact on my involvement in the city and just outlook on how, how city operations work. So, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. Biggest thing we've done so far is the comprehensive plan. Uh, we finalized that last July. All right. I remember uh, the uh, offerings of uh, people to come to discuss and raise questions and put in input. Uh, I went to one over at uh, Capital Region, and it seemed like they were gathering, or you, you all were gathering lots of uh, information from folks. And uh, it must have been quite a thing to sift through all of the <laughs> all of the different perspectives and uh, come up with something that uh, probably won't please everybody but uh, hopefully yeah. is for the betterment of Jefferson City absolutely and and you know I got in on the middle of it uh, when it was being developed um, and so that was my thing too is I was like well I wanted to make sure we have more uh, of people voices from the city that can help us develop this plan. And so that's kind of what I, one of the things that I was able to do was to make sure that it was spread out. Um, and so to, to get different point of views from, from the community uh, leaders and members. And so uh, after they did that, if you guys did all of that, um, it was brought back to the table and we made the decision to modify it a little bit and, um, and, and move forward with it. And, and it's still, you can, we can still modify it at some point. I think it's just more of having a, a vote on it, but, you know, we want to make it as inclusive as possible and as beneficial more beneficial to the city for as well so um uh yeah it was it was a hard decision but we we, we got through it so <laughs> how many people are on that uh commission uh i want to say it's a total of about 10 uh-huh well I'll tell you what greg let me take a short break here with our audience and say uh welcome friends so glad you're with us uh, today on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. We are a volunteer organization and have been for going to be 50 years. We're 49 years old this year and uh, looking forward to our big 5-0 coming up as uh, we are presently moving into new digs and uh <laughs> getting uh, everything you know ship shape so to speak so uh, won't be long we'll be uh, having broadcast right out of uh, our new building over on the west side of columbia so we appreciate your support 
by listening, by donating, by speaking good words about community radio and uh, keeping us supplied with great guests like I have today on the show, uh, an old uh, student and friend, Greg Butler from Jefferson City, who originally is from Chicago, graduated from Lincoln University in marketing, has his own uh, Butler Marketing Group now that uh, I think you can what? Greg, can you find that on Facebook? Or how do people find you? Yeah, so uh, you can type in my name, uh, Greg Butler, uh, Gregory Butler, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-B-U-T-L-E-R, -E -E um, and find me on Facebook uh, or Instagram. Um, the other way to contact me is through my email, which is butler.marketing345 at gmail.com. And also I have a, uh, I have a business page, uh, business Facebook page, which is uh, Butler Marketing Group. All right. So you can contact me on there. I don't think they should have any trouble at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like a, uh, also a, a man of faith, let us say which might have led you to uh, an organization you're working with now called uh, Missouri Faith Voices, which uh, I think we had uh, Kim Woodruff on the show uh, a year or two ago, and we got to talk about Missouri Faith Voices then, uh, since she was working for the organization. Can you give us an idea of what this group is about and uh, what, what your role is? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's the interfaith um, uh, organization. We we deal we work with a lot of different clergy and 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 other um, faith uh, as far as like Jewish and community and the uh, Islamic communities and, and so on and so forth. And so we it's it's more of a, a spiritual type of environment, right? Because at the end of the day, like we're all human beings. We we all have a belief in a higher power and how things work in this world. I know for me that that's a, a big perspective of mine is, you know, nothing happens coincidentally. Things happen for a reason the way they're supposed to happen. Uh, and as far as my faith, you know, I, I grew up in, in the church as a Christian, you know, and I've, I've had some great leaders in my life, which helped me build my faith and understanding of spirituality and, and, and how, how things work which opened my eyes to, you know, to be able to do things, to go to Africa, to, to be a part of different things and, and, and see, again, how things work. So I believe that the faith, the church community, we have a big, we're, we're pillars in our communities. We, we have a big responsibility um, to, to make an impact on our community, to give back in any way, to teach people who they are and build, right? And so me being in that space, it was like, it kind of made sense to work with Missouri Faith Voices because it's an interfaith organization, um, which we can help all churches, uh, no matter what race, no matter what party or whatever it may be, we, we're working with, with everybody because we're humans at the end of the day and we, we have to make an impact. We have to make a change because that's what our faith tells us to do or shows us to do, you know? And so, again, that, that's what led me to be a part of the organization, great organization uh, with, uh, with great leaders. And so it was like, okay, let's, let's continue to build. And so when Kim uh, left, she had another opportunity, which opened up the opportunity for me to be an organizer in Jeff City. It was like, yes, okay, that makes sense. And uh, because of my uh, run for city council, you know, in 2020, um, and my, the relationships I've built over time, it allowed me to 
merge that organization uh, with the things that I was I was doing already in the community to, to have more of a uh, a base and to, to have support and to um, to continue to, to build and, and do the work that you know I'm passionate about again alongside with the churches and so I believe again we have a great responsibility and we all can help one another. So being an organizer of Missouri Faith Voices in Jeff City is allowing me to work with the faith community and other nonprofits to, to build, uh, to, to, to create positive mechanisms to, uh, and again, create influence to the, the people that, you know, will be considered lost, that will be considered, you know, helpless. We, we want to touch those people and we want them to, to understand who they are and understand that we're here to help um, and give them the, the resources that they need to, to be successful and to to help contribute more to, to our community here in Jeff City. So I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of the organization. If you don't mind, I'm going to read a paragraph off of Missouri Faith Voices uh, website. Mm-hmm. And I think it has some phrases in it that I think it'd be helpful for you and me to talk about. All right. So here's a quote. Missouri Faith Voices believes a better and different future is possible if people of faith act courageously together to confront the fraudulent notion of white supremacy and the systemic issues it has produced. Is that, yes. uh, is that okay to talk about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can elaborate on that too. Good. So that is the, the, the mission of the organization in regards to the things that, and I'm speaking as a minority, the things that we've encountered, like, you can't really negate the fact or be naive that, you know, racism exists. And, and you know, there are systematic things that, that you know, hold certain people back in certain communities, right? right? And, and I, you know, I can say that. So there's a, a way of how things have actually been operating and running for a long time. That's obvious. And so it's just more of now we recognize that. Is everybody like that? No. You know, is everybody racist? No. You know, I have friends that, you know, both black, white, you know, Chinese, Hispanic, whatever, that are not racist. Like, you know what I'm saying? So is it there? Yes. But how we, my, my ideology is how do you deal with it? You, you know, these things are there. How do you deal with it? And, and you know, my approach is, regardless if it's there, we still have a work. The mission of people of faith, we're supposed to bring the good news, right? We're supposed to, to, to encourage people. We're supposed to give them the, the things that they need. We're supposed to help heal them. That's what the gospels tell us to do. You know, that's what the gospel says to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not just tell us, it, it compels us to do those, to be leaders, to, to give people the food that they need. Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out, out of the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. We are the, the carriers of that. We're supposed to give that to the people, right? And so, again, that's why I say we have a great responsibility. So though these things exist, are we going to allow that to affect us? We shouldn't. But we should utilize the, the gifts and the tools that we have to create these positive mechanisms to build our build people up, right? To build our people up, to give them the things that they need because we have access to them, Right. And we give what we have access to these resources to those that need it. And so that's how I feel. And that's where I'm at. 
you know, I love everybody, <laughs> you know, I, I know what exists for sure. And, and I want to make sure that we all have opportunity and we all have a chance. And, and unfortunately, you know, the, the black community, the minority community has suffered. And so it's up to us and the church to build ourselves back up, honestly. And we need to, then that's how we do that by, by joining forces and, 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 and promoting unity and, and making change to move forward because we have to, as a human race, it's, 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 it's not impossible. We just have to step up and do it. And that's where I, that's where I'm at with it. So uh, this thing about uh, building things back up in the minority community, let's say, how does that change systems? White supremacy sort of uh, built system, which mm -hmm. is trying to keep you from voting and it's trying to uh, marginalize you in business and taxes and all kinds of ways. Uh, you know, we look at Jeff City and, and we say, how many black businesses are there and, and how many black owned uh, homes are there and uh, things like that. You know, somehow the system has kept minorities in check. So it's okay to give me a hard answer. I mean, you know, give me, give me something, Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this, this is what I do, Doc. So, you know, first I'll, I'll address the race, the racism, right? Racism comes from what somebody's taught, right? What, what they they view of an individual, right? Somebody views me as a angry black man or whatever it may be. You know, they have a they have a preconceived notion of who I am, right? I didn't teach them that, right? That was that was something that was either taught inside their home or that was something that society has filtrated in in these people's minds and hearts. Because people do things out of habit, what they consume every day, so on and so forth, right? And so we know negativity is consumed or is, is always it's the hottest thing you know uh it's always trending controversial issues so on and so forth and how black people are viewed minorities as a whole are viewed we don't have control over that that's just what this how the world works right now you know and so it's it, it's it's digest or it's imputed in them and it it, it gets to their heart so one thing the Bible says is the Bible is a, a it's like a two-edged sword. The word from the Bible is a two-edged sword. When it when it's really spoken with the power, it it's a piercing to the heart, which changes people's heart. It affects them. So I can't change somebody from being how they view me or if they're racist or whatever it may be. I can't I, I can't change that. I'm not going to force myself to try to change them. What I can do is I can do what I can speak the word. I can give myself, I can be a positive image in this world because everybody's not going to like you. They're not going to work with you or whatever it may be. But all I can do is be the best version I can be of who I truly am and put out positive work, put out positive words, put out positivity as a whole. And if it changes that person of, a, you know, one person, it could change, you know, me, uh, tens of thousands, millions. 
But if, if that changes someone's heart about black people or minorities as a whole, I've, you know, I've done my job in that aspect by, you know, giving out positivity, right? So regardless if it changes somebody's heart or not, I, that, that can't, that's not my concern. My concern is I know people that look like me, even, you know, there's white people that understand what we're doing, you know, but I want to help and support. But as far as what I mean, like building, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. People don't ha have um, an idea of what they want to do or where they want to go or what the long-term outcome needs to be. And I I'll give you an example, Doug. I, I know I'm going on enough, but I want to give you an example. You know, I I'm all about quality life, quality, quality of life, you know, and what you see in certain communities in certain areas like the suburbs, you see quality schools, quality food, quality of the quality of life is totally different. When I go to back to my neighborhoods in Chicago, even some, some places around Jeff City, you know, the, the urban communities, the, the minority communities, they, the quality of life is poor. There's no a quality of a quality schools or literature is not, you know, the, the curriculum is not really that good or, you know, the food is terrible. We got a lot of liquor stores, so on and so forth in these areas, which is, I mean, if you were really want to call it, call it, you know, call it what it is, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you can do the research and you can even drive through these communities to see what type of stores are there, what was promoted in these areas. And so my thing is, is that I see these things. It's, it's unfortunate because, you know, it is what it is. I want to make sure that not only I'm helping my people, helping build people as a whole to understand who they are, the potential that they have, the, the opportunities they have, the just who they are as a whole. Like people are, are so much greater than what they believe themselves to be, right? So it starts inside first and up here before you can make change. Cause I, and I'm saying this because it happened with me. I grew up in the, in, in the ghetto. I grew up in, the, you know, I was exposed to a lot of different things, but majority of my life, I grew up around gunshots. I grew up, you know, people, my friends dying from gun violence. Like that happened to me. Like it's, you know, I'm not, that actually happened. I've lost close friends to gun violence. So you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I understand. And what it got me to this point, Doc, like, if you look at the statistics, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be dead like, or in jail or somewhere else. I'm not. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I've, I've made it thus far gives me the opportunity and the power to help others that were in my position to, to build themselves up to get to a point to where they want to be in life. That's my obligation. I have to do that. I have to give back. I have to reach back to help others. That's how you build one another up. You reach back. And so going back to, to building in our communities, if, if there's more of me and others that are like-minded, understand the vision and understand that, hey, you know, if we come together and we, we, we understand that there's things that's happening, we can, we can build. We can bring those quality schools, we can bring those quality restaurants, we can bring those quality grocery stores into our communities to, 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 to build our community up as a whole. Because 
we can have the same thing suburban areas have in our communities. And so we have to understand and have the education to be able to learn how to do these things and maintain it and be sustainable. That's the biggest thing. So we have to learn how to actually do that. So education is a big part of that. Uh, and, and, and seeing individuals that are in this field doing things is a big part as well. So there, there are issues, there are systematic things that, you know, that do hold us back. I mean, it, like I said, I call it what it is, but it's not like we can't make a change. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Okay. So on the planning and zoning yeah. commission, I guess people are aware that there is a food desert. Mm -hmm. In the middle of, um, let's say, uh, disadvantaged communities, uh, families. Yes. So why can't the Planning and Zoning Committee work with, I don't know, some other committee and some other committee and make sure that there is uh, quality food available in each community in Jeff City? Is that possible? It is. It's very possible. I think it's just understanding the logistics of it, understanding the process of getting these things done, working with the right people, you know, and, and getting these things done. And yes, that, that's one of the things I've learned is being on planning and zoning, there's a process that we have to go through. And a lot of people don't know the process, right? So they don't know how to do these things and get these things done. So my job is to educate those that, hey, this is the way that we can get these things done, but we need to make sure we have the mechanisms in place to be able to, you know, get it done. So yeah, we, we understand there's a food desert. I was just with, uh, I heard, I believe her name was Angela Bax, the president of um, the United Way. And she was talking about the same thing that they are gathering money to, to give food to, 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 to kids about, you know, lunches. They want to pass out lunches and things like that to those that don't have it right now. You know, building community bridges is doing the same thing. You know, Salvation Army, I'm sorry, uh, the Samaritan Center. Like, you know, so there, there are food, there's food available, but, but as far as having a location where people can go and get to the grocery store and get quality food, um, we have to learn how to be able to do that and prepare to be able to do that. And so, again, being a planning and zoning and other committees, I mean, you know, that they have to go through to get these things done, I, you know, we have to learn how to be able to. To, 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 apply, to, to follow the process and, and get it done. And I think that's one of, a part of my job is to give the information, educate, so we can be able to you know, do these things in our community. So uh, let me take another short break, uh, Gregory Butler, and uh, yes. say hi to folks listening today on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, we are uh, 89.5 FM on your dial. If you happen to be in your car or at home or wherever you are listening to the radio that way, or we stream uh, shows on kopn.org. And some of you are probably listening that way right now. And also this show and, and many others are podcasted and you can find uh, our past shows uh, under each program's name if you go into kopn.org and go to programs and look for say for instance local news and social artistry that you're listening to now 
uh, you can then click on that and see the last 25 programs. And uh, if you go to Facebook and go to Local News and Social Artistry, you can see uh, the past uh, 150 programs uh, that, that we've had, uh, plus a few more. So uh, we're, we're available and we appreciate your support. Uh, however, that may come to us. Uh, we have uh, daily expenses. We have uh, the building that uh, is going to be paid off, uh, we hope soon, but uh, you know that takes uh, your input as well. So appreciate all that you do. My guest today is another person who's building a more humane world from the inside out. Uh, Gregory Butler, Jefferson City, uh, formerly Chicago, uh, where he grew up on the South Side and survived. Thank goodness you survived. Uh, Greg, uh, you said that uh, you had friends that were shot, and uh, we have just experienced another uh, school shooting here in, in the U.S. And uh, I, I just, uh, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but um, it's hard for me to understand uh, a, a, a statement that you made earlier out of your, actually, I think it's out of your faith, that everything happens for a reason and it happens because it's supposed to happen. And I, I wonder how you process you know, 19 fourth graders uh, being mowed down and two teachers. And does that phrase fit in situations like that? I don't think your God caused that. I know we got like a minute. I, I, I'm going to give you a long answer if we okay. got time. All right. Well, <laughs> um, we we got another subject to get to, but you take take what you need. Okay, it's an important uh, subject. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's something I'm I'm, I'm very in tune with. Because mm -hmm. I have a daughter, you know, and if if something like that happened to my daughter, I mean, you know, it's can't express how I feel. So I can understand to a certain degree how these parents might feel about what just happened, right? Um, so no, I, I, you know, I believe in, in, in certain circumstances, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Um, this situation, you know, I don't believe that <laughs> in this situation. I think in certain circumstances, how things happen. Mm -hmm. So, with with this, what when I go back to telling you, you know, what you consume every, on a daily basis gives you a perspective on how things are supposed to happen and 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 work. You know, the guy that went and shot up the the the, the people at the uh, the grocery store, you know, the the white kid, right? And that the guy that killed these kids was, was a Hispanic kid, right? So right. Mm -hmm. it was what they were consuming that led up to that, right? Right. It was it was what they were taught that led up to this situation. It's it's unfortunate. Nobody wants these things to happen. Like this is tragedy. Mm 
Um, a lot of that has to do, again, with what you're consuming and what they're allowed to do. They were allowed to get these guns, you know, without a background check or whatever to purchase a gun or however they got, them, you know, um, however they, they receive these, these, these weapons. But it's not the gun that kills people, it's the person behind the gun that kills people and what's going on in their mental and in their heart. And again, it, go, it comes down to what they're consuming and what's consumed and what's advertised mostly in, in this world is negativity. When it comes to social media, when it comes to the news, when it comes to whatever, it creates a perspective for people. It tells people how to think. And so again, in this situation, I don't think that this happened for a reason. I don't, I don't, I don't believe kids should die. Like that's just not a, from from the hands of someone else based on what they're consuming. What I do believe is a wake-up, it's continuing to be a wake-up call to understand why did this happen? Why does this continue to happen? And I think we have to search out what that is and find a solution for it. And again, I believe that a lot of it has, it's so many variables to why that happened. But I, be, I believe from that person's heart, it was what they consumed and what they believed that drew them, that drove them to do the, to, to create this heinous act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you change that? You learn about creating positive images and positive uh, uh, words and positive, like you, that's how you battle that. Like part of that is, is giving these kids positivity and, and ways to look at things that will change their heart. And, and I think that's a huge part of, that's a huge part, you know, that's a huge part. If they continue to consume negativity every day, they're going to carry out negative yeah. actions. Right. Well, uh, we agree. And uh, there's more to it, as we both know. And yeah. so uh, let's segue, though, from that into a group that you helped found here in Jeff City called uh, Black Men Thrive. And uh, you and Richard Cross, I believe. And uh, tell us why, uh, what it is, uh, how you work. Uh, we're going to just finish out the hour with Black Men Thrive. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's quite a few of us that actually founded the, the organization here at Jeff City. Um, but the, the point of the organization, one of the main missions is basically what, what I was just saying. We want to create a positive image of who we really are as, as black men and, and, and minorities, right? Because we understand that there's so much negative, so much fighting back and forth. You know, we want to create that image. We want to give positivity to the youth who consume all of this, if this this information. So if if we're gonna deal with something, we gotta deal, we gotta create the mechanisms to do that. Black men thrive is a product of that. We understood that in the minority community, success means either you're an entertainer or you're an a, a athlete. That's not the case. There's so many other successful people that have different businesses, different careers that are not publicized and promoted as much as possible, especially in the Black community, mm -hmm. uh, minority community as a whole. So our job is to promote that is to say this who these are this is who we really are 
like nobody would know Greg Butler and what he meant or what he, how he feels about certain things if I didn't speak about it or if I didn't have a platform to do so. If I didn't promote that, they would know who I am and why I have and do a lot of minority black men that 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 have the same vision, the same goal to say, we need to promote the positivity of black men in this world. And again, that's what that's what the again the, the organization was founded off. The event that we're holding now is called a, it's a tie drive. Right? The tie drive is a giving a positive create a positive image. We wear suits, we wear ties, we do all of these things. We we have we're successful in our own right, in our own careers or whatever. And we want to present ourselves to the, the youth that need to see us. And so the tie drive is 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 one of the, the events that we're holding for that. We want to make sure that we teach young men how important image is. Um, and this is it's not just you know for black males, this event is, is for both black and white male, any any um, middle school and high school males that want to learn about being positive having a positive image and to be successful as a student and as um, a successful business person or uh, somebody in a successful career. And so we, we have people, again, that are successful in their own right that will be present, that they will see these individuals and say, man, if he can do it, if he can you know, be that person, I can do the same thing. And when it comes to even the, the Caucasian uh, uh, males, they might have a perspective of Black men and themselves, so the images and the, the things that they consume, right? So if they go into this space and they say, well, these, this is, I'm not seeing what the TV telling us these guys are. Huh, what, a, you know, it opens that channel, right? It gives them a broader perspective. It gives them a, uh, something, uh, it plants a seed, right? right? So that's, that's the, 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 uh, one of the goals, but the goal is not only just for that, is to teach them how to be successful in their own right, to be successful as students, how important education is, um, but also, again, teach them about positive image. And so we're gonna teach them how to tie ties, um, but we're also gonna have speakers that come in and teach them these tools uh, on that they can carry out in life. You know, the, the things that we've used to be successful in our own right. So this but, is this is an event uh, that's coming up. Correct. So the, the event uh, is for uh, middle school and high school males, um, any any creed, any ethnicity. We want them to to be in the space to to learn uh, who we are as men, but we want them. We want to give the, the the tools to them as well to be successful in their uh, their own right. So the, the event is June fourth. Um, from 11 to 1, um, uh, and it's actually going to be hosted at the studio on Dunklin, which is co-owned by Aaron Clark. He's, uh, he's given us uh, the, the, the space to, to host this event, so we appreciate that. And where is that studio? Uh, 128 Dunklin, East Dunklin Street. Uh, that's J.C. Missouri, 65101. And if I was on uh, the corner of Dunklin and Jefferson. Uh, am I close? You got it. That's it. Okay. Very close to the corner of Dunklin and Jefferson Street in Jefferson City, Missouri. How do people sign up for this? 
Well, it, it's it's open to, again, uh, middle school and high school students. They can go to my Facebook page. They can go to Richard Cross's Facebook page. Um, we have a, or they can email me or whatever, but we have a, a registration form. And so the parents uh, can sign their kids up to be a part of this, uh, this, pro this event. Is there any charge? Uh, it's free. It's free to, okay. to, to the, yeah. We're oh, donating the time. <laughs> it's from 11 to one. Uh, is there lunch? <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to hold, uh, we're going to have uh, light um, orders for the, for the Great. students. Okay. All of this makes a difference. You know, that's marketing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the, so the men get a, a free tie and uh, some hors d'oeuvres and some uh, mentoring from uh, successful uh, young black men in our community. And uh, I guess this is an, either an annual event or it's one of many different ways that you are uh, touching base with uh, the, the youth of our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are, it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Doc. I was going to say, have you thought about uh, some kind of a club at uh, the high school level or even the, the middle school level where, you know, they, I think there are different clubs that they can organize. They just need a, a number of students and a sponsoring, what, a sponsoring teacher that would be cooperative with that. And uh, I don't know, uh, some way to, uh, or maybe you all are mentoring, maybe you pick or make a relationship the, uh, with certain students and you do mentoring like is that something going on yeah so i'll uh I, first i want to i want to uh, go back to the tie event i know we got just a few sure i want to thank everybody that supported that um we had so much support from the breakfast rotary club from the uh naacp we've had the the uh downtown rotary club uh and salty salty for any salty from encore uh, I mean, we've been thanking everybody, but so many people supported what we're doing um, because they understand that it's a, you know, we, we want to create the positive image. So everybody that's supported, that is continuing to support us, we I want to thank them um, because, you know, they help us make a difference. And again, it's people that from all different races and creeds, like <laughs> we're getting help because they now understand the goal. Um, but as far as, and then I want to thank the uh, Chamber of Commerce as well, because going back to the business aspect, we created a minority business council to help Black businesses thrive, right? And so we're creating mechanisms for that. So that's a part of the, the mechanisms I want to kind of give you. But going, started off at Lincoln. So Lincoln actually has a LU mentoring um uh, group and we meet every Wednesday during the school year and it's young black males that come in and we talk about different things when it comes to dreams and uh, their aspirations give them the resources that they need you know we had Donovan uh, actually come and speak at one of the events mm -hmm. and so by having that group we've seen the increase in and um, you know it's like in education and graduation and uh, vulnerability and, and, and um, uh, elevation because of that group Right. And so it was it was a it was a, a, a test to what can be done in other um, schools. So we do have plans to uh, to create that, you know, um, 
I know that we have some uh, two new school, uh, school board members, which is Ann Warren and, and I believe Erica Leonard. Uh, you know, we've expressed this to uh, Larry, uh, Dr. Lithicum, and he's been, you know, supportive in that as, aspect as well. So we are actually transitioning into that part of getting into these schools and developing a organization for, for us to be in these spaces to teach these young men and uh, about, you know, to, to be successful and, and to give them the tools and the resources they need uh, overall. So yes, that we are we are transitioning into that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, sounds like marketing skills uh, are uh, working well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's about working with the right people, Doc. Uh, I believe that. Um, you know, there's so many people that want to be in the space that want to help in any way. We have to create the space for them to be able to do that, and I think that's what we've been doing, and we're going to continue to do uh, to help to make an impact, to create that positive image. When did you meet Richard Cross, who's uh, over there at Lincoln now? So Richard and I went to uh, university, we went to the university together um, back when, when I was there, you know, back in 2012. So that's how we met. Um, you know, we've seen each other around um, a lot because we had some of the same friends. Uh, but when I ran for city council, uh, he had came back to Jeff City and he supported me, my efforts in that as well. And so uh, we reconnected. And then that's when we decided to like, man, you know, we have this we kind of have some of the same uh, character traits. We, we understand that we have the same vision. We're like minded. And it was like, you know, kind of just we mesh well. It was like, let's let's work. You know, uh, he's one of them. I mean, he's I mean, the guy's work ethic is is. I mean, second to none I've seen. So. Blows me out of the water. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if too many people that can write 20 books in two years, you know, so, right. um, you know, it's, that's a gift. And so we want to make sure we utilize that resource for, for sure. Good guy. Man. He's a very, very good guy. Well, I've seen some pictures on Facebook of uh, you and, and Richard and Stallone and, and kind yep. of a, a cadre of uh, men in suits, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, young men in suits. And yeah. uh, I, I take it that your group is growing. It is. It is. We have a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of support. And, and the more and more they see us, the more and more uh, they want to be a part and, and the more and more we can help make and make an impact. So we can, we can do it. It's not impossible though. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I, this is building a more humane world from the inside out. I mean, this is grassroots uh, starting off and watching it grow. This is just as beautiful as you can get. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. So it, let's say we have uh, a minute or two left. Uh, you, your opportunity just to tell the audience uh, your final thoughts on your show today and uh, uh, maybe how to recut, I don't know, whatever you'd like to say. Yeah, and, and, and Doc, um, thank you for, for having me on your show, first of all. Uh, you know, I, 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 get, I have high respect for you. You've always been um, a positive um, person in, you know, in my life, and, and, and I've always seen you that way, uh, you know, when, I first, when we first met going to university. And so I, I'm glad to see the consistency and, and, and 
um, what you're doing and making an impact in your way in our community as well. So uh, thank you again for that, for, for just, you know, you being you. Um, what I would hope, you know, people take away from this interview today, um, you know, I, I would just, I want people to understand who I am and, and, and um, how I feel and what I'm passionate about. Uh, because I know what the possibilities of what can good can be done in this world. And it's just making sure that I do my part to be able to do that. Um, I love everybody. You know, I, I, I wish the best for everybody. I want nothing but good for a lot for everybody. Um, and if I can make an impact to somebody's life, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to do in any way that I can. And so a, a positive impact. And so I'm accessible. Uh, you know, anybody that wants to get to know me or, or talk to me, I'm super accessible. So I don't want anybody to be afraid to, to contact me or get a hold of me if I can help them or if they want to help, you know, whatever. But but I just I just really hope that I shared enough of my heart on your platform today, on this interview today, for people to understand who Greg Butler is and why he does what he does. Because I just want the best and I want to do good by people and 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 do good in this world. You're That's doing it. it. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. <laughs> And folks, uh, you can find Greg Butler on uh, Facebook. Uh, just look up Greg Butler, Gregory Butler in Jefferson City, uh, Butler Marketing Group. Uh, uh, look up Black Men Thrive. Uh, look up Missouri Faith Voices. Uh, lots of good things going on. And, and uh, thank you, Greg. I'm going to sign out with my folks here today. And, and as I always say, uh, remember, folks, uh, wherever you are. That's your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it's up to us. Hey, take care. Talk to you soon.